The Lincolnshire show was cancelled for 2020 a few weeks ago, but brilliant news, it's back online. There's the opportunity for people to get involved with competitions um, and educational activities. We will have definitely cookery demonstrations. And we all consider alternative crops from time to time, tastes and the markets change. But have you considered some seriously alternative crops like mustard or hemp? It's just really about getting people to focus on what alternatives that they can be doing to their, their current business. More on both those subjects in a moment. And, of course, Kit Dickinson and Sean Sparling will be here with a look at the markets and prices and some important agronomy advice, respectively. The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, hope you're well, if rather dry, staying safe and you've had a good farming week. I'm Steve Orchard. Let's start with a look at the week's farming headlines. Louth Market is to move from a Thursday morning to a Monday afternoon. They feel it will better fit into the schedule of regional weekday markets, which tend to be concentrated in the first half of the week. The new arrangement starts this week, with tomorrow, the 1st of June, being the first Monday market. The team at Hands Free Hectare have successfully drilled a cover crop autonomously as the first major operation for the three-year project run by Harper Adams University, Precision Decisions, FarmScan AG and Agri-EPI Centre. The team hope to complete a harvesting operation later this year on a field that's been drilled with a spring barley crop using conventionally manned machines. We shall watch with interest. Livestock in the US receive over five times more antibiotics per animal than their UK counterparts, according to some new research. Cattle in the US in particular received eight or nine times more antibiotics per animal than British cattle. The data has been calculated using information from UK and US government reports and reported by the Alliance to Save Our Antibiotics. RSPCA Assured has announced a three-phase return to in-person farm assessments as COVID-19 restrictions start to ease from tomorrow, the 1st of June. And James Dyson's farming company has announced it will construct a six-hectare glasshouse to grow strawberries year-round for the UK market. Beeswax Dyson Farming has joined forces with co-op Berry Gardens with an aim to introduce fruit to the market from next year. A greenhouse facility is in the process of being built in Lincolnshire at Beeswax's site in Carrington. Now, this was to be the weekend of the Rutland Show, and like so many country and agricultural shows across the UK, the Lincolnshire Show has sadly been cancelled for 2020, but only in its conventional form. The show must go on, and it will, as Lincolnshire Show 2020 goes digital. The show will be hosted online on June the 24th, and Jane Hiles, Chairman of the Board of Trustees of the Charity, joins us on the Farming Programme. Jane, the cancellation of the conventional shows disappointed Appointed huge numbers of people. How many would you normally expect to attend each year? On a really good year, um, we get 60,000 people. Obviously, it's a little bit weather dependent, but over the last five years, we've started to do a lot more um, activities that people can enjoy, even if there's a little bit of rain about. So we've got a lot more indoor space, more marquees and more indoor attractions, as well as the traditional outdoor uh, attractions. Okay, now, like 
an, an awful lot of people. We've, we're moving to an online show this year. And I was mm. speaking with the organiser of the uh, greatest online agricultural show uh, a few weeks mm. ago. And he mm. said he had a fantastic response to that. First time he's ever done it and tried it online and uh, got a load of people visiting, a load of people getting involved and enjoying it thoroughly. And mm. that's starting from nothing. Obviously, we've got a, a, a huge uh, ready-made audience, you would hope, for the Lincolnshire show. What kind of things can visitors to the online show expect to see? Well, they're putting together a programme at the moment, but many of the things that um, they would be able to see at the show itself, we're very fortunate that um, we have a lot of um, video films and uh, films that um, the BBC and ITV have uh, have taken over the years. Um, And a lot of our attractions actually do move quite well from... Um, the grand ring um, to um, to online because people are used to seeing them at a distance. So things uh, like the grand ring attractions, like the parachutists, the grand ring parade with the cattle and things from previous years, we've got that sort of content that we can bring forward. But I don't want people to think that it's all going to be about the old stuff because, um, you know, there will be new content um, as well. And just like um, the other show that you mentioned, there's the opportunity for people to get involved with competitions um, and educational activities. We're hoping, well, we will have um, definitely cookery demonstrations. The uh, Lincolnshire Kitchen at the Lincolnshire Show is one of the very popular areas where people actually can come and have a sit down. Um, But this time they're going to be able to sit down in their own living room um, and enjoy um, the chefs in the Lincolnshire Kitchen demonstrate the same sort of recipes as they would have done at the um, at the at the physical show. I can I can smell it and taste it already. Looking forward yeah, to oh, that. Yeah, we do we do have some jolly good food in Lincolnshire, don't we? Oh, <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. One of the most enjoyable features of all county, country, agricultural shows is the opportunity to meet up with people, old friends, colleagues. How's that going to be possible? Is it going to be possible this year? Um, I, I'm not entirely sure in that um, clearly the idea is that it will go out on um, a web-based um, platform. Um, one of the aspects that we feel is quite important, um, a lot of very small businesses rely on the Lincolnshire show to uh, sell their um, crafts and, and country clothing and, and things like that. So there will be definitely those opportunities for those businesses that are really suffering um, in the uh, in the COVID crisis to engage with their customers. Um, how we can recreate um, the social side of being able to drink a glass of Pims on the members' lawn um, may be uh, a bit challenging, but if we can, we will. Good, good. Yeah, so the, the trade, there will be virtual trade stands. Yes, uh, to there some will. Extent. Yes. Right, which is great news. And you mentioned educational content. Obviously, we've got things like the cookery demonstrations. Will there be um, seminars and this kind of thing? The whole Lincolnshire show is very important from an educational point of view, as it obviously creates opportunities both within the farming community um, for people to show their livestock um, and their machinery, but also for members of the public to engage um, with farming and learn more about where their food comes from. And certainly our education officer, um, Rosie Crust, has been working throughout um, lockdown 
on something called armchair agriculture. So every week we're putting out um, um, educational content on our websites so that families that, who are either homeschooling or want entertainment can engage with those type of activities. And the idea for the um, online show is that we'll really ramp that up so that because school children love the Lincolnshire show and we run our schools challenge there, the idea is that we'll give them as much of that experience as we can on Wednesday the 24th of June. Okay, and if we want to get advanced information, uh, where can we find that? Um, It's already started to come out through social media on Twitter and um, Facebook and uh, the online platform specific for the online Lincolnshire show um, is being built as we speak. But in the meantime, go to the Lincolnshire um, Agricultural Society website or Lincolnshire Showground. Okay, and if somebody wants to actually go to the virtual show on the day, do we need to register in advance or can we just log on on the day? I think you'll be able to log on on the day, but we are looking for people to register now because we're very interested to know um, who wants to participate in any of the competitions, who wants to participate in trade stands and who might be able to help us with some sponsorship and support. Looking forward to it. It's going to be very different, isn't it, for the 136th show, uh, Lincolnshire Show Online. Jane, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. The online show website is up and running for information and to register. Visit lincolnshireshowonline.co.uk. Now, one man who's a regular face and voice at the Lincolnshire Show is Sean Sparling from Sparling Agronomy Services, our agronomist on the farming programme. We're going to miss the regular show, but the online show looks exciting. Morning, Sean. Yes, good morning, Steve. Yeah, big loss, Um, but it is what it is. COVID-19 strikes again. They've made absolutely the right decision not to hold the Lincolnshire Show. When you think it's only three weeks or so away, there's just no way it could be put on. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this virtual Lincolnshire Show. They contacted me a couple of weeks ago to see if I would be involved, and of course I will. Um, I don't know what my role will be yet. Um, As you know, I do the commentary on the Soul Fair Home Grand Parade of Livestock both days from the main ring. I commentate on the machine parades that we have there in the main ring so i'll be doing something but keep it under your hat for now you know what walls have got apart from sausages let's move on to agronomy which will be short and not particularly sweet we've had another week of dry weather hot weather there's no rain in the forecast so stress levels on crops farmers and agronomists alike are going through the roof out here we're starting to see crops shutting down from the bottom up spring wheat spring barley winter wheat shutting down tillers they're going yellow from the bottom up and the reason that's happening is because the crop is pulling the nutrients out of its own older leaves to feed the new growth which is a fantastic thing to witness, but very, very concerning and something I do not like seeing in May in any year. A drop of water would make all the difference to these crops, but for now, they're starting to suffer out here in the field. And we've seen some big changes over the last seven days. Now, the other thing I keep banging on about is don't spray in the heat of the day. Almost everything that people are applying at the moment will be going on in 100 litres of water. Just think about that. 100 litres of water is 100,000 millilitres of water per hectare as water volume that you're putting on. 100,000 millilitres divided by the 10,000 square metres which are in a hectare means you're putting 10 millilitres of water on per square metre. That's a teaspoon and a bit as a fine mist, as a fine spray going on to a square metre. 
In a field of sugar beet on Thursday afternoon, the air temperature was 25 degrees, too hot to spray. The ground temperature at crop level was 42.3 degrees. If you're putting a fine mist of a teaspoon and a bit of water on, it's going to evaporate before it even hits the floor. And that is one of the reasons we're telling you not to spray in the heat of the day. That and crop damage. But if you're only going to get 40-50% efficacy from the products which you're applying to these fields, doesn't matter what they are, then that is not good practice so what you should be doing is spraying up until about half nine ten o'clock in the morning let the heat of the day go through and then start again at nine o'clock at night it's only going to be for a short time just to clear the backlog of any tickets that you have but it makes total sense because not only will you get a much better control of what you're trying to control you will also protect the crop and minimize any crop damage so that is why we ask you to do that and this drought is affecting all of the crops. It's affecting sugar beet, wheat, barley, spring wheat, spring barley, linseed, potatoes. It's affecting everything, so you need to be aware of it. T2's going on widely out there in winter wheat. Again, watch those temperatures, particularly where you have herbicides, whether it be fluoroxypur or metsulfuron methyl or whatever it is within those uh, mixes. And the growth stages, as I said last week, just keep an eye on those with your crops gr growth stage cut off for herbicides and growth regulators. That hasn't gone away. And in the last seven to 10 days, we've seen several growth stages skip right through. Aphid numbers, they're loving this, these conditions. The aphids, um, Mises persky in particular, starting to build now in potatoes. We're starting to see them resurge in sugar beet where they were sprayed sort of a couple of weeks ago to control and we're already back to threshold and beyond. Remember your threshold for Mises is one nymph, one wingless nymph per four plants up to 12 leaves and one wingless nymph per plant beyond that and we are meeting and exceeding both of those thresholds quite widely out in the field so get down on your hands and knees I still have one farm I haven't sprayed because I can't find threshold but I think it's only a matter of time um, but the predator levels are increasing the ladybird numbers are definitely increasing out in the field and when we talk about crops and temperatures brookid beetle migrates remember in spring beans and winter beans but spring beans in particular two consecutive 20 degree days brookid will migrate they're already out there migrating they're on my sticky traps we're trying several things in spring beans we had very poor results with pyrethroids against brookid last year remember biscaya now has some extra guidance don't apply it to crops which are in flower or to crops where weeds are in flower that's to protect the beads of course you can also help protect those bees by not spraying um, at times when the bees are likely to be foraging so spray early morning late evening when the bees have gone to bed that is guidance speak to your advisor make sure that you're safe and legal to go and do what you do and also remember once you see the eggs laid on a pod of a bean plant it, you're too late to control that as a brooked beetle it'll have already done its job and it'll get into that pod because they burrow down through the pod and there's not a lot you can do about it from there on in so we're trying different things I'm going to let mother nature deal with that problem for me on two or three farms we're not going to interfere with insecticide because where we did last year we made little or no impact on the brookid anyway so i'll keep you appraised of how we're getting on out there in the field weed control continues to be a challenge in all crops because we are relying on that contact activity if it's too hot remember you lose contact activity and residual activity is almost negligible out here in the field so everything's pushing potatoes pushing through the ground the aphids are starting to move into the potatoes as well we've got blight conditions out there everything could do with a drink including me i'll see you in seven days thanks as ever sean sparling sparling agronomy services back next week with more important agronomy advice 
Now, if you'd like to know more about alternative crops like soya, mustard or hemp, there's a webinar in a couple of weeks, which we will discuss in a moment. And Kit's here from Openfield with a look at the markets and prices. The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Have you ever considered alternative crops to the ones you usually grow? I'm sure you have. But what about some seriously alternative crops like hemp, for example, or soya or mustard? There's a web-based seminar, a webinar, in the middle of June on exactly that subject run by Agritech E. John Barrett is the chairman. Hello, John. Before we talk about this particular seminar, tell us a little bit about Agritech E. Agritech E are... Uh, do, do lots of these webinars and uh, at the moment we're, while we're all in lockdown and we're not we're not meeting each other at, uh, at farm events we've still got to find ways of, of learning of learning new things and through the uh, through through the webinars that uh, Agritech E are, are still hosting um, it's a great way to actually uh, learn about new ideas and you know, develop our, our thinking and uh, keep progressing our businesses we've still got to have that in mind we can't just hunker down and keep doing what we're doing so uh, i think joining the likes of agritech e and, and and going on to those webinars are really useful ways of doing that okay and we have this uh, webinar coming up in the middle of june about novel and alternative crops tell us all about that what's what is a novel and alternative crop john well i, th- I think it's just really about getting people to focus on what alternatives that they can be doing to their their current business so we're, we're looking at uh trying to be open to the different opportunities that are that are out there what other crops we can grow than rather than the mainstay uh of, of combinable crops that that are obviously grown extensively across the uk what kind of crops are we talking about i noticed that they talk about hemp uh, is one and things like that. But what other crops are being grown as an alternative? Well, for us as a, uh, as a, as a whole business, we're, we're looking at all sorts of different crops. But I'm uh, based on a business in South Norfolk, uh, and, and we're currently looking at, uh, at hemp, as you say, uh, but also we've diversified into growing seed potatoes. Okay, tell me about the hemp then. How does that work? Is that <laughs> not be funny? Uh, everything's legal about this, presumably. Well, that's right. Yes, yeah. The the uh, it has to be grown under license, uh, and and that's quite problematic. Actually, getting that license from uh, it's done through the Home Office rather than DEFRA currently, uh, and it has to be less than 0.2 percent THC. The varieties that are grown. Uh, which isn't a problem because you're not growing it uh, when you're growing it out in the field. You're not growing it for the THC. Um, you, you're growing it uh, for either the, the seed, the straw, or uh, the oil if, you, if you're crushing, crushing the seed. Okay. Now, the subtitle of the webinar is Improving the Rotation and Improving the Bottom Line. Um, by by improving the rotation, are we just looking for an alternative to leaving the field fallow? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I think uh, a, a bare fallow is, is not going to do uh, you any good financially, and it's not going to do the, the, the soil a, a lot of good either. Um, I always remember when we used to have set-aside, um, when when uh, you, you put in a wheat after set-aside, it was never particularly good. So you want something growing in the soil. But I don't think it's, a, it's necessarily about that too much. It's about looking at 
what else we can do within the business so we're not quite so uh, reliant on the, the, the current mainstay of crops. Is this down to changing tastes? Uh, there is a big thing around plant-based products at the moment. Is it down to that or is it really just a case of some products aren't selling as well as they used to? Let's look at something different. Uh, I, I think it's about looking at what, uh, what the market wants. So it's actually about looking to, to grow for a market than, than just growing a crop uh, and hoping there'll be someone uh, at the end to, to buy it, um, which has, I, I guess, been the case. And we, we've had the benefit of, of, of subsidies to back us up um, if, if that market goes against us. Um, that, that, that backup of, of the subsidies is going, and therefore we've just got to be a bit more um, focused on, on the market that we're growing for. So there'll, there'll be lots of, uh, of different alternatives, but it, I, I guess it's about being open to them and, and just trying, trying some new things to see what, uh, what, what works. Absolutely. Now, we've got the webinar coming up. Where, can, where and how can we see the webinar? Uh, if, if you go onto the Agitech e website, you can see a, a, a link to the webinar and you can sign up to it uh, through the website. And it's necessary to register, can't just sign up on the day kind of thing. That's right. If you, if you can go ahead now and, and register in advance, uh, and then um, uh, Fiona from, from Agritechie will, will send you a link uh, to, to um, log into the webinar on the day. Thanks, John. John Barnett, Chair of Agritech E. That website, again, is agri-tech-e.co.uk and the seminar is on the afternoon of Wednesday, the 17th of June. And you can see the agenda on the website, which includes online talks on sweet potato, herbs, mustard, soya and alternatives for food and feed and meat substitutes. That's at agri-tech-e.co.uk. Now to our weekly look at the markets now. Morning, Kit Dickinson from Openfield. Good morning, Steve. Well, this week has all been about currency and weather, and they have been the main two talking points. Both winter and spring crops are suffering now with a lack of rain, and the forecast isn't showing any quantity coming our way in the short term. Brazil's second crop of maize yesterday was downgraded by nearly 3 million metric tonnes, which added support to the US market. Brazil have two crops of maize. One main season and the second season crop as some farmers are double cropping putting maize in after harvesting something else. It has been very dry in recent months which has been the cause of this. Brazilian total maize production is circa 100 million metric tonnes, about 9% of the world's total. Forecasts have turned wet in the US for the next few days which may delay the last percentage of planting. Nevertheless, the current short on maize equates to a 34 million metric tonnes, so traders continue to see this as a cheap alternative to expensive wheat. Currency, the British pound has suffered an abrupt shift in fortunes and fallen against the majority of the world's largest currencies amidst a fresh injection of nerves concerning the Brexit negotiations. The pound has been riding high on talk of a potential breakthrough, just 24 hours earlier, but ultimately shot down in the midweek session following a briefing by the chief negotiator, David Frost. Frost told UK lawmakers that the current offer placed on the table by the EU was on ongoing trade negotiations is not one that the UK will accept and there is no chance of negotiations being extended, even if the EU requested more time. Frost told Parliament's Brexit committee the current EU offer is not a mandate that is likely to be produced and get an agreement.
Oilseed rope this week had a stable week until Thursday and we saw a €5 drop on the back of ongoing standoff with China. This has pushed Chinese rape oil prices to a 12-week high, ending the week with significant gains amidst the ongoing trade tensions. Barley has risen this week alongside wheat, although prices don't seem to look particularly appealing. £128 for November, with unknown premiums going forward, isn't an enticing place to start. There is still growing concern due to the lack of rain. There are mixed reports of rain coming through the UK next week from the west, but will they reach Lincolnshire? The longer the rains hold off, the lower the yield is likely to be. Back in March, as the majority of the barley was starting to be drilled, it looked like we could have a bumper crop, the largest the UK has ever had. But with some poor drilling conditions and limited rain since then, this could be a completely different story by the time we get to harvest. Another update this week is the Serial Development Programme. The NFU has launched its 2021 Serial Development Programme, CDP, in partnership with Openfield. Running over four months, the programme aims to identify future industry leaders and provide them with the necessary skills and knowledge to enhance their way in a wider arable sector. The CDP will give you an appreciation of the arable supply chain, from seed breeding through to the final consumer products, such as a Warburton's loaf of bread or a pre-packed chicken. There is also the opportunity to learn about the future policy, direction and political challenges from Westminster, meeting both MPs and MEPs. This is a great opportunity to have access to places most people would never get the chance to see and look around. You will also build friendships with other like-minded people, have fun and build up contacts which will benefit you and your career progression. This is an opportunity not to be missed out on. So moving forward this week onto prices, feed wheat for June is 157 to 159, August 162 to 164, November 169 to 171, February 172 to 174 and May 21 175 to 177. Milling wheat premiums are currently 25 to 28 pounds on old crop wheat. Oilseed rate for June is 310 to 312, August 312 to 314, November 322 to 324, February 325 to 327 and May 21 328 to 330. Feed barley for June is 124 to 126, August 121 to 123, November 128 to 130, February 132 to 134, and May 135 to 137. Malting premiums are currently five to eight pounds. Thanks, Kit. If you'd like to know more about the Cereals Development Programme that Kit mentioned, visit the Openfield website or nfuonline.com. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. Well, let's start with the bad news. There's little sign of rain before Thursday and not much then. High pressure in charge today and for the start of the week, so dry, warm and just light easterly breezes with a high today of 20 Celsius or more the further inland you are. It's really much the same for the early and middle part of the week. The wind will be light and from the east to northeast, the wind speed barely getting into double figures all week. Highs of 18 or 19 Celsius until Thursday when it turns a little cooler as the pressure drops the wind backs round to come from the northwest and picks up to the mid-teens MPH and we will see some light rain, maybe a couple of millimetres, but that's about all and possibly the same on Friday afternoon.
Now, Cereals Online is only a few days away. We'll take a look at what's on offer on next week's farming programme. Today's podcast is available now on the website, the app, and from wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steve Orchard. Stay safe, stay positive, and have a good farming week.